everyone, and welcome back to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. Every week on our show, we turn on Netflix and we watch a romantic comedy from their list that they have on there. If you didn't know that Netflix they have a list. Yeah, has lists of genres that can be sorted in chronological order. Yeah, and that's what we do. We're watching it. We started all the way back in 1918. The movie's not even on Netflix anymore. Damn it, Netflix. <laughs> what what do we have today? Today we are watching 1962's That Touch of Mink. Ooh. It's totally, that's how you're supposed to say it. It even has, like, inflections and stuff oh, on Netflix right. to tell us that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's an hour and 39 minutes long, and the description goes as such. Be ready to be amazed I'm ready. by this Netflix description. Small-town girl Kathy moves to New York and falls for ladies' man Philip, but she's looking for a lifetime commitment, and he just wants to have fun. <laughs> Does that sound boring? This just sounds like a very typical, let's go to New York. I fell in love with this dude. He, I need him to marry me, but nah. He's not going to. Yeah. I might be on Cary Grant's side in this. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a chance that for that. Um, so in our starring main three category is Cary Grant, Doris Day, and Gig Young. His name is literally Gig. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that means he's worth a gigabyte. I don't know if it's a man or a woman. We've had a film with Gig Young before. Did we? Uh, yes. I don't remember which one, and I don't know. I cannot picture this person. This is a person. This is a person who we have seen. Got it. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Delbert Mann. I wonder if he's related to Leslie Mann. And it's rated four stars on Netflix. Mm. This also was a 1963 Academy Awards nominee for Best Art Direction in Color. Best Sound, Best Writing, Original Screenplay, and it was also nominated in the 1963 Golden Globe Awards for Best Actor and was the winner for Best Motion Picture for a Musical or Comedy at the 1963 Golden Globes. I was thinking when I was at home. (laughs) That's good. That's a good place to think. (laughs) Um, we we talked about the, uh, well, last time when we watched Breakfast at Tiffany's, where you were like, I don't know, the awards and stuff that it didn't win. I realized, well, I looked it up. <laughs> Pretty much 1962, not this year, the previous year, the Academy Awards were owned by West Side Story. Oh. And this year that we're talking about, Academy Awards were, like, owned by Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Got it. So, there's your context. And it's also funny because, you know, two years in a row, movies that are hella long and have overtures and intermissions. Yeah. <laughs> One. One. Over movies that are, in my opinion, better. But I haven't seen West Side Story, so I can't. And I just watched it. I made Drew watch it. So, oh my god, he's got one up on you. I know, I have to watch it. It's so good! Anyway, back to this movie. I want to know why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's called That Touch of Mink. Well, I don't know, I guess it's supposed to sound sexy. 
I guess. Or rich, aristocrat, something. I guess. I don't know. The description just doesn't lend me to believe that this should be, this was appropriately titled. Yeah. We've had our last couple, not the last one, but Desk Set, Pal, Joey. This is a weird time for movie titles. (laughs) Yep, it is. I'm glad that they picked up their game. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go watch some Cary Grant. Yay! (laughs) That touch of mink. Once you get... Once you go mink, you don't go back. Once you get that touch of mink, you'll say, hey, that was... That was nice of you. Let me give you my body. (laughs) So they want you to think. They want you to take the roles. (sighs) <sighs> okay, I'm better now. That's good. I'm not. I want... I am... We should not record on the bed. <laughs> as a rule. Well, now everybody knows. <laughs> but it's like... I wanna... I just wanna snuggle... Like, last time... Mm-hmm. Last time we had a boring movie, and I think I was sick, I, like, laid down for half of the episode... <laughs> Because it's our slumber party, Ashley. I know. But this one was so... I was so upset that this one was sad. Because this is our second to last Cary Grant movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... I want to see good Cary Grant. And not weirdness. Yeah. But we got weirdness. We did. Oh, I got another yawn. So yeah, that was that's our response to this movie. Is just... Yawn and disappointment. Yeah. That's an accurate review. And the Netflix description kind of pisses me off. What was it? Let's reread. I'm, I'm there already. Small town girl Kathy moves to New York and falls for ladies man Philip, but she's looking for a lifetime commitment and he just wants to have fun. Yes. See, okay, here's what I was thinking what was going to happen. Was we were going to have... Another crazy, like, Vermont segment. Girl was going to move from Vermont because we all know that everyone wants to leave Vermont for some reason. Mm-hmm. And move to New York. And, like, she would go on the town trying to get, like, her first job or whatever. And she would run into this guy. And then they would, like, hit it off. They'd have their cute little cute meet. And then we find, like, he would, like take her to all the clubs and all the parties and stuff because that's what he would be into I really thought it was going to be a whole like not I didn't expect the sexual innuendos to be boring and not funny (laughs) (laughs) like I think that's where I'm just like this is the 60s come on give it a little bit of a little bit of oomph some weirdness come on not this boring gotta save myself for the man well Correct me if I'm wrong, but Doris Day was, like, that was her thing. Doris Day was the whole... Virgin. Yeah. Like, forever. Forever. Always. Even when she was married. Right. Yeah. So, they're just taking, like, her character and, like, building off of that? I guess? Do we have any info on... This was just written. We don't know why it was written, how it was written. I couldn't find any of that. It was just, like... This won the uh, Writers Guild Award for Best Comedy in 1963. Interesting. Not a lot happening. I mean, 
it was uh, let's let's see let's compare so we just got out of the 50s which the 50s was very i would say lacking of any type of romantic encounter kisses or sex or any of that was just kind of like well, wasn't it like just get married yes it was we're gonna get married we're not gonna have any physical like attachment until either we're married or we're engaged mm-hmm. kind of thing so the innuendos that were here we're used to in our culture we're used to the hypersexualized culture where there's sex everywhere because as they say it sells yeah and also we've kind of just gotten over it as a culture to not be scared of it and to do it responsibly and have fun yes Whereas when this movie came out, it probably was hysterical from a script standpoint. Because mm. some of the innuendos and some of the stuff was funny. Mm-hmm. And we got, we got that. As a comparison to being starved and straight, this is, you know, directly out of the 50s. We're, we're finally out of, officially out of the code. There's no really huge restrictions on... Yeah, we're a bit in no man's land. Yeah. So, they're still feeling... I feel like, as a viewer of 2015, a lot of the jokes and stuff were kind of offensive and sexist. Oh, no, they totally so were. they probably were funny back then to be like, ha, 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 he sure beat that woman up. And we're just, like, horrified now. Yeah, yeah. No, because it was a completely different time. Mm -hmm. And I do think we need to take that into consideration. They're just saying, oh, it's so funny that the woman gets nervous before she has to do this thing that, you know, she's been taught is, like, the worst thing that she can do. Yeah, it's it's a situation that they thought was funny, and now it's just, like, we have so much more ownership over our bodies and our minds and everything, and more control. It's just very odd and (laughs) off-putting. No, it is. It was it was boring. Yeah. That's that was my biggest complaint is that it was boring. It w- was really boring. The the story was stretched out over what a weekend? I feel like essentially? For, I don't know. I feel like for me it was like I reject your story and then it was still going and I'm just like no, I want something else. That's why I like checked out cuz I'm like nope. I don't like what you're telling me. Yeah, but it was it was funny because it was really boring for, like, the first 20 minutes, and then we got to, like, the Bermuda stuff mm-hmm. when they first went away. And then it was like, okay, this, I can kind of get into this. This is kind of funny, you know, when I... It started to be a little more slapsticky. Yeah, and it, it, it allowed Cary Grant to be a little bit of Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. And I thought Doris Day was pretty funny in in that in that regard, even though I wasn't particularly agreeing with what she was going through or was just kind of like, dude, like, calm down. It's not the end of the world. But thinking of it from the perspective of she has been taught her entire life that she has to be this certain way, of course she's going to be terrified of it when it actually, you know, may occur. Yeah, and just the whole... They, in the first half of the movie, well, the first 20 minutes of the movie, it's they like to point out a lot that she looks like a vixen. Like, this is her looks, but she's... She's a virgin. She's complete opposite in personality of what she looks like. And, like, yeah. that's, like, 
her whole burden her whole life is that she looks like she's easy. <laughs> yeah. And they constantly were bringing up, like, how careful she needed to be. And I think that's kind of where, why it was so dry in the 20, in the first 20 minutes, because it's like, you have to be careful. You can't let, you have to, like, pay attention to what he's going to do, because he's going to try and get whatever he wants. Or just, like, even her friend, I feel like, was like, no, you should just give it up because that's what you look like, you know? Yeah. Just get it over with. Just get it over, yeah. (laughs) And just, like, things like that. It's like, I... I really cannot understand. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do you, what? What? That's why I say, like, I reject. I what? reject your reality and substitute my own, exactly. god damn it. Exactly, because I'm just like, no, this makes no sense to me why this, why this is happening. Yeah, but there was, like, that good, like, that good Bermuda sequence yes. was really nice because everybody loosened up. Mm-hmm. And even though the character was terrified, I liked that no one was really making a huge deal out of it. She was. Yeah. And that's what I kind of liked, because it kind of... Yeah, it never got really, it never got really pressured or rapey. Uh-uh, know? no, not at no. all. He never, like, forced her, not even to kiss him. Right. Yeah. It never got, uh, Killgrave. <laughs> it never got Killgraved. <laughs> we don't work for Netflix, nor are we sponsored by them. <laughs> but you should watch But you Jessica should watch Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. <laughs> Do it for David Tennant. You'll um, love it. How far? Wait, you said I've you... got two more episodes left. We should have a Jessica Jones podcast. Just just for David Tennant. Oh yeah. Ten talk. Ten talk. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> it has too many it has two meanings too. Yes. <laughs> Did you catch that quote where she said you're not ten anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and died a little inside. Yes. How de- how Ashley? Yes. How detailed do you want to go over this movie? Not very. It's very it's so simple. We could go through it in 10 but minutes. But I wrote down so much. <laughs> okay. So the really really fast version. Oh, first of all, horrible quality. It was like a copy of a copy of a copy of a tape. <laughs> it was like a transfer of an old real old theater reel. Transferred to VHS. Transferred to beta. beta. <laughs> Transferred to 420, like, DNX. DVD. Yeah, DVD. Then possibly ripped via MPEG stream clip or handbrake. Yes. That's what it looked like. Not clean. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was clear. It looked like it had Vaseline over the lens for the entire... Higher movie. Okay, so Cary Grant's character's name is... Simon? No. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot his name. Philip. Philip. Philip something. Philip Sh- Shane? Shane. Philip Shane. And Doris Day's <laughs> character's name is... Miss Timberlake. Kathy Timberlake. They always called her Miss Timberlake, okay? Even her best friend was calling her Miss Timberlake. No, her best friends call her Kathy. Hers who's... <laughs> Whose name was Connie, so that's this was, It was just confusing. And Gig Young's name was Roger. Oh, I, I just thought he was the professor. <laughs> Gig Young was... Okay, so he was in Desk Set and you wanted to edit him out? Yes. He was in this, I wanted to edit him out. <laughs> well, after finding out, like, after reading his Wikipedia page, I want to, like, edit him out from life. <laughs> he was a horrible human being. 
I cannot believe he has an Academy Award. He was a horrible human being. Okay, so he married seven times, or six times. <laughs> that is a lot. And it was, like, one of those weird ones where it would be, you would be married for, like, three months, and then they would, he would divorce you. Uh-huh. Wait, so he was just marrying these women to have sex with them? Basically. That's what I think. That's what I have inferred from the timeline of events. <laughs> it didn't explicitly say that, but it's possible. When did his, he start marrying people? His first and second wife, he was married for a decent amount of time. From 1940 to 1947, he was married to Sheila Stapler. Then he married Sophie Rosenstein from 1950 to 1952, when she died. Then he married Elizabeth Montgomery from 1956 to 1963. Then Elaine Williams to 1963 to 1966, but they were separated shortly after their marriage. Then he married Kim Schmidt in 1978 until her death in 1978, which is alleged to be a murder-suicide. With him? With him. He killed himself? Apparently. They, there's, there's In the they, same room? They cannot conclusively say that it was a murder-suicide. It's just suspected. So, on October 19th, 1978, three weeks after his marriage to Schmidt, the couple was found dead at home in their Manhattan apartment. Police theorized that Young shot his wife and then turned the gun on himself. A motive for the murder-suicide was never made clear. He's buried in North Carolina. Oh, well... He left his... This is the weird part. He left his Oscar to his agent, Martin Baum, and Baum's wife, Beatrice. However, Young's daughter, Jennifer, who he failed to recognize Mm -hmm. for, like, 16 years as his daughter... Uh, launched a campaign in early ni- in the early 1900 or 1900s in the early 1990s to get the award back from his agent and struck an agreement that she would get the award back upon the agent's death, which occurred in 2010. Hey, he has a Hollywood Walk of uh, Fame star. Well, let's go on, spit on it <laughs> on Hollywood Boulevard. But like, it also says he was an avid alcoholic. And that possibly was what led to the murder-suicide, um, as he was susceptible to fits of rage. Sounds like there could have been some time, uh, some crime scene tampering. Because you can tell if someone shot themselves by the positioning of everything. Yeah. I. It sounds... It, it just sounds sketchy. Yeah. And, okay, so here... Young married his fourth wife, real estate agent uh, Elaine Williams, nine months after his divorce from Montgomery was final. Williams was pregnant with Young's child at the time and gave birth to his only child, Jennifer, in April. After three years of marriage, the couple divorced. During a legal battle over child support with Williams, Young denied that Jennifer was his biological child. After five years of court battles, Young lost, but he still kept denying that she was his child. What an ass. So, then, on September 27, 1978, Young, age 64, married his fifth wife at 31-year-old, uh, a 31-year-old German magazine editor named Kim Schmidt. He met Schmidt at, in Hong Kong while working on Game of Death. Young's daughter, Jennifer, has allegedly a close friend and roommate of Heidi Fless, the so-called Hollywood madam. Jennifer has denied allegations that she was ever a sex worker for Fless, yet was a co-author of the book, Hooking Up, You'll Never Make Love in This Town Again, Again, 
which was a sequel book that claims to have vetted information on some Hollywood stars playing hookers for sex. Paying hookers for sex. So, yeah. Some weird shit was going on in this man's life. Okay, gig young. Okay, now I'm going to read my notes really fast. Yes, do it. Okay, so during the opening credits, we see Carrie and Doris uh, making their way through the city. It's kind of like a Mary Poppins feeling opening titles. And he drives by in his limo and the car splashes her. So she gets, like, drenched. With mud and water. Right. And he sees her and stuff. They, like, see each other, kind of. He, like, does the whole, like, Cary Grant, like, I'm gonna, like, spin around really fast and do all this physical comedy with the, it. And, yeah, and look, look at you, weird. But, yeah, it, like, it, from this moment on, I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. Okay, so then um, Doris goes to pick up her unemployment check in the unemployment line, and the man there, Mr. Beasley, is asking her out, and she gets her check and says no and leaves. Well, wasn't he, like, implying that he was going to keep his her check if she, he said no? Or if she said no? Uh, I don't know, but he probably would have. Because that's what I was getting from that scene. He was creepy and rapey, and I did not like him. Yeah, he... It was the, the kind of power trip scene. Yes. Okay, so then we're with Cary Grant and uh, Gig in... Carrie's office, and Cary Grant, they're kind of giving him, like, a kind of Scrooge personality. I didn't really kind of understand. It's like, he's got a lot of money, but he doesn't have manners. That's what they kept saying. I didn't really get it. I think they were just implying that he was a player. I don't know, for the whole movie, I don't know why Roger was so obsessed with Carrie. They were in love. You think Roger was in love with Carrie? Yes. Like, I, I really don't know why he's just, like... He was having thera- ther- Okay, so the therapist even thought that they were in love. Well, the therapist was confused because he left the room during the therapy sessions. True, so he only heard, like, half of the story. Right. But really, honestly, I thought that Roger had, like, deep feelings for Carrie. It may not have been love feelings, it may have just been concern for your friend... But it he was definitely He wanted to feelings. fix Carrie. Yeah. For some reason, it's just like, we were only hearing that Carrie was, like, this bad person or whatever through Roger, and Roger wanted to fix Gar- Carrie. But, like, Carrie kept Roger around because he paid him so well, other than that he would have left because he was miserable or something. It was really odd. It, like, it, it did not demonstrate character at all. It didn't, it wasn't explained, like, ever. Like, it wasn't necessary that we needed to know this information. This character wasn't even necessary, to be honest. Yeah. So they see Doris across the street. Um, so Carrie sends Gig to go and give her money, you know, if anything was ruined by splashing her. They, they kept on calling it a hit and run and that, like, he was fleeing the scene of a crime. I wonder if it was a crime. In New York. Splash somebody with water accidentally? I don't know. East Coast is different. Alright, so, um, Doris is in the cafeteria at her work, and her roommate Connie works in the cafeteria, so she's given her free food and advice. (laughs) (laughs) Through the, uh, lunch cafeteria, like, what are those things called? I don't know, but it's little slots where you pay... And you get food. It's like a vending machine, but... Before the vending machine. Right. In a cafeteria. Right. She, uh, Connie tells Kathy that pretty much you're too hot and 
men won't take you seriously, so you gotta, like, dress more dumpy if you want to be taken seriously. That sort of thing. Yes. And then, like, Connie's boss comes over, and he's like, I don't like you giving away free food, but you should give me a date with that woman. Like, that sort of thing. And then, so Gig comes around, he comes up to, to Doris, and Doris is like, money doesn't buy good manners. When he tries to hand her the money, and he's like, yeah, I know, I'm trying to teach him this lesson. Let's go, let's go teach him a lesson. He's gonna learn! Yeah. So Gig's like, yeah, you yell at him, and you throw this money in his face, yeah. At the same time, Carrie is in his office meeting with some women who actually donating money to a shelter for unwed mothers yeah in the waiting room after the women are leaving they mistake kathy for being an unwed mother for carrie grant like there's this whole like mistaken talking which never came back okay that's what pissed me off i thought they were setting it up to come back because that would have been an hilarious movie where these women just kept kind of trying to interject their like personal Mm mm-hmm uh, beliefs upon this woman, and it would have been, it would have been funnier. Yeah, me. they mistake her for being pregnant and gave her a card and says, like, well, when time's due, come see us, you know. When the baby's coming. Right, so she goes into Cary Grant's office, and she sees him and instantly falls in love. There is music. There's falling in love, starstruck music. Ah, which I didn't understand. Because he's a hot grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, she totally, like, forgets what she was gonna say, instead takes all the blame, I'm sorry, I was in the middle of the street, oh no, it's such a dumb thing, I was, oh, it's all my fault, I'm so sorry to have bothered you. Um, so she completely loses her anger, and he is like, well, your dress is dirty, there's a cleaning service in the building, let me offer to clean your clothes, you can stay here and do this, it'll only take 20 minutes. Lies. Yeah, and then for some reason, I didn't quite get this connection. Oh, wait. So Connie saw Gig, like, take off with, uh... With uh, Kathy. Kathy. And her and uh, her other cafeteria worker was like, Oh, there she goes already with this guy. Oh, no. She's being taken. Yeah, so when Gig, Gig goes back to the cafeteria to get food, Connie slaps him through the little vending hole. Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. I did not see that coming. It was lovely. So then Kathy is waiting and she walks in on a meeting that Cary Grant is having with some people and she's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, 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 come in. She's like, well, they're not back yet. And I've got like this interview. I've got an appointment. And he's like, well, come in. I'll ring about it. But uh, sit in here in this meeting and let me know what you think. And so pretty much she's having like this breakthrough of whatever they're meeting about. Because she just kind of dumbs it down into the simplest terms of like, oh, well, if you want to have this business arrangement with this person, you need to to talk to him face to face. And they're like, oh, why didn't we think of that? Technology. So he takes her on a private jet to Baltimore and they do just that and they get the deal. So she's clearly missed her, missed her appointment. Yeah. She doesn't care. She thinks Cary Grant is so dreamy. Well... But then he wants to take her out to dinner, so he flies her to Philadelphia for linguine fettuccine. Because <laughs> it's the only place that has good fettuccine. Mm-hmm. But then takes her to, like, another, uh, like, a UN meeting and stuff. Like, he's, like, asking her, like, what do you think of this? And what do you think of that? And just using all of her, like, simple small town, I don't know, I want to say dumbness, but it's not. It's like colloquialisms. Yeah. 
She's like, well, my grandma always said something, something. He'd be like, oh, yeah, that's great. (laughs) And then uses it in his speech. Yeah. And so, like, he's making great business strides by having her around. So, to thank her, he takes her to a Yankees game. Who, they apparently suck. They always suck. They're the Yankees. (laughs) But I thought the Yankees are, like, supposed to be, like, baseball royalty. I don't know anything about baseball, I should guess I should preface. And I only know that the Yankees suck, because I'm from Massachusetts. Well, we're screwed at understanding the Yankees' history, then. <laughs> I know they're evil. Well, yeah, they're the Red Wings of baseball. So, it was funny, because they had, like, Yogi Berra and, um, I don't know. Mickey Mantle and... Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else not as famous as Yogi Berra and Mickey Mantle, but... Other, an other baseball. Other baseball, baseball man. <laughs> it's on, like, the very top of the Wikipedia page. So, like, they got to throw in these little guest star appearances by baseball players. But she was pissing off the ump. Oh, right. I wrote down she is Ashley. <laughs> because she was yelling during the game, like, why did you see that? That was clearly a ball, you blind guy. You're blah, blah, blah. That's Ashley. For hockey. hockey. Um, For specifically the Blues, let's just clear that up right now. I do not like Chicago Black, the Chicago Blackhawks. They are non-existent to me. So, Carrie's like, I want to take you to my apartment. And they go, and they go to this, like, unfinished building. building, which is just all beams and stuff. Yes, it was, it was pretty funny. They, he, like, led her to believe, we're going to my apartment, darling. Look, it's this 80, like, this 80 floors up. Yeah, and he's like, well, I'm gonna have fireplaces here, and library here, and this and this, and she's like, oh, that's gonna look so great, and do this and that, da 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 The only note that I wrote for this section is everyone is terribly upset that Kathy is possibly going to have sex. While they're in that holy apartment, he pretty much asks her to go on a trip with him around the world, and she says, did you just ask me to marry you? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he likes her. But eh, he just wants to hang out. And they've only had one date. I know, yeah. Seriously, he's just like, no. He wants to Netflix and chill. <laughs> yeah, just, but it's his rich man's way of next Netflix and chill, of traveling the whole world. He's like, we'll go to Paris, you'll love it, and da-da-da-da, and all it's these like things. It's like Bermuda and chill. Yes. he gives her some time to decide i guess so she's asking connie her roommate for advice and connie's like you should sue him and take all the money and then go to bermuda yourself which what would she sue him for i don't know and then but she's like but he's a really nice guy (laughs) that's the response everyone gives so she's she's, a really nice girl so she's laying awake all night thinking about it and, like, at 3 a.m., she, like, says to herself, I think I'm in love. <laughs> no, girl. You are infatuated. Yes. And then at 4 a.m., she's like, I've made the decision. And she, like, wakes up her roommate. She's woken her up, like, six times at this point. Yeah. And I think at first her decision is no, she's not going. Yes. That um, was correct. Okay, so then he's supposed to call her up the next day and ask for her answer, and but she's just sit, sitting on the phone, sitting by the phone all day, just worried, worried, worried. And Carrie's also like 
wrestling with his conscience like she's a good girl, so I won't call her. I'll just take the decision off the table. I don't want to do that to her because she's such a good girl. (laughs) We must protect the good ones. Yeah. And so Kathy gets, like, hella pissed and calls him, and they argue, and he's just like, listen, I just wanted to, I know it's okay, you say no, it's fine, I understand. And she's just like, well, well, I'm saying yes! <laughs> this was just a weird section. Yes, it was really weird. But I like it because, like, Carrie Grant gets, like, really happy, but it's, like, really subtle. It was acting, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> acting, acting, where he's just like, oh... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Giggly. Um, so then the coordinator comes and picks her up and takes her to fashion show. I love that they were, he was called a coordinator because mm-hmm. he's clearly just like a fashionista or a fashion designer, but he was called a coordinator. Mm-hmm. I want a coordinator. This section had really nice editing. Yes. And there were some very nice dresses. Yes. It was a gorgeous montage of lovely fashions, especially the evening wear. Yes. It was trying to sell us something. Mm-hmm. And it, it won. It did win. Damn it, we need to find a TARDIS to go back to the 60s and acquire some fashion. Mm-hmm. We might need to, like, put some money in, like, stocks and bonds while we're back there. It's okay. We know what's good. This is true. Computers. <laughs> We should also bet on the Yankees a lot. Never. Or the Cardinals. Yeah, you and your socks. Yeah. Okay, so she gets this luxurious fur coat. Yes. Is it mink? It was mink. It had to have been mink. It had, yeah, just, they by process of elimination, of- it had to have been a mink coat. Yes, it had to have been. It's the name of the damn movie. They kept talking about it. They kept saying the name of the the movie as well. Okay, so here's where Connie, her roommate, is crying. And I don't know if she's worried about her or happy for her. She, it was so weird. Because it's just like, she knows that she's not getting married. But she's getting this relationship. So she, everybody's like really conflicted. And I couldn't tell like what they really wanted. Oh, I thought everyone was just upset that she was going to have sex. Yeah, because she wasn't getting married. Well, yeah. I just thought that was what was going on. I thought Connie, I guess I had missed the part where Connie had said she should just get it over with. So I thought Connie was just terror, like, devastated. Like, her, she was, I guess, like, she felt like the older sister. So she felt like she had this obligation to protect Kathy. And that was just, like, flying out the window. Yeah, it was, the motivation on this was very confusing to me. Okay. A lot of it was very confusing. So, Kathy gets on a plane, and Mr. Shane has bought all the seats. <laughs> yeah, it's a very big, big, nice Pan Am flight, uh, all by herself, to Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she arrives in Bermuda. There's, like, this really awkward driving scene where they just kind of, like, look at each other awkwardly. Yeah. And then, like, as soon as they get to the hotel, mm-hmm. there's a wedding coming. <laughs> wedding yes. party coming out. And they're like, yay, we're married! And they're throwing rice, and, like, Kathy, like, catches a single grain of rice, and she, like, looks at it all (laughs) forlornly. Well, and then she starts pulling the coat, like, aggressively around her more, and it was weird. She is, like... It was just weird. Yeah, just her brain was like, this is wrong! Like, she is conditioned to be just completely uncomfortable. 
Well, I think women were at yes. that time. Okay, so, yeah, they're at the hotel, and she's looking at the hotel, and then she noticed that there's one bed. Ah! The realization, this whole segment with the realization of the one bed was lovely. This was hilarious. Yes, from a modern perspective, this was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, she was so shocked, and then she's, he's like, let's go for a swim, and then, like, down in the pool... Which we see Carrie in his little tiny trunks. His white Speedo. <laughs> his nice white Speedo. Yeah. With his There's a lot of semi-nude Cary Grant in this movie. Yeah. If you want to watch it just for that. Did you notice that he actually was physically never, like, on the bed? He didn't have any of his bed humor, like, from the previous movies? Yeah. Well, yes. Well, in this first little mind freak out, he is laying next to her, but it's so quick. It doesn't count. You're right. Yeah. So she starts like whenever she's like with him and she sees somebody else and they're just like looking and smiling at her in her brain. She goes, she knows. (laughs) Like literally we got voiceover. (laughs) They know. They know. So, yeah, that happened. So, like, that would happen, and then, like, it would, like, zoom out, and, like, the the raft she was on in the pool would be turned into the bed, and yeah. he would be on it with her in the middle of everybody. Yeah, and then, like, the elevator would turn into the bed. There was a, a horse-drawn carriage, which was turned into a bed. Which I actually want. Yeah. I want that in real life. That yeah. That should be our car's. We can get rid mm-hmm. of carbon emissions, mm-hmm. and we can take care of our horsies, and we can take our beds to work. Yeah, they'd get poop on them. No, you park the bed and you put the horsey in the stable. No, they poop when they're walking. <laughs> I am aware, but you you have, like, a little blinder, like, thing that you covers... The, the poop bag? Yeah, like, yeah, you get, like, a little poop sack to carry the poop and catch it. It's so gross. Okay, so yeah, first it was the pool rafts and the horse-drawn carriage and then the elevator. So they're going up and then like she's at the door. She enters the hotel room door first and then like she's like, okay, good night. And she closes it on him and he does his little Cary Grant knock on the door. He's like, I believe I'm registered here too. (laughs) (laughs) I believe I am supposed to sleep here. Yeah, so then she's, like, super, super flustered as he, like, sits her down on the couch, and she's like, well, what do people do here for the night for entertainment? She tries to persuade him in so many different ways, and I wrote this down because this is the best thing I've ever heard to, like, be used as a contraceptive, which is, my uncle is a socialist. Yes. (laughs) And he's like, thanks for telling me. I I agree with your honesty. Let's go on. (laughs) Yeah, body roll. Let's do this. (laughs) 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 Oh, Cary Grant. (laughs) So he sits her down on the couch, and he sits behind her, and he starts kissing her shoulders Mm -hmm. and kissing her neck, says, you've got such a lovely back and such lovely shoulders. Well, and he also asks. He asks if it's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really nice. Again, it was not rapey, and he was not trying to force her to do... Anything that she didn't want to do. Right. And then, so he kisses her on the lips and then leads her to the bedroom and just kind of, like, leads her in there and he goes, I'm going to go for a walk. You take your time to get ready. Make yourself comfortable. Which is apparently a thing. <laughs> I didn't know, because they reference it multiple times in this movie where 
on your is kind of like a wedding night or a first time you sleep together. Well, that the ladies go and prepare themselves for hours <laughs> while the men go out and to have a smoke. Yeah. Well, if it's your wedding night, mm-hmm. let's put it into person. If it's your wedding night, like you've gotten, you've had plans for your wedding night. Okay, it, it's a thing. They, they have lingerie designed specifically for your honeymoon night. I have looked at it. It's interesting. There are boudoir pictures that you can have taken. There's interesting things that you can do to, like, for your wedding night. To consummate. To consummate. Because it's a, li- a binding legal thing. Yes, that is, that is what makes the marriage legal <laughs> in some states. <laughs> Yes, that is that is actually putting your like signature on like a, a document uh, of some kind. It's very gross and heteronormative. Yes. Uh. All right. So okay, he's gone out for his walk. Okay, so he's hanging out by the pool with this newlywed guy who's also doing the same thing. But it's, it, I thought it was cute because the newlywed guy was also flustered and scared. Yeah. And then, like, you hear off screen, his his wife called him, Harry! Harry! And Cary Grant's like, like, she's ready! <laughs> Have fun! Okay, okay, that's it, pretty much. He goes back. Well, no, he doesn't go back, he falls into the pool. Oh, Harry falls into the pool, and Cary does his, like, what the fuck face. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. Um, we okay. should screenshot that. Then, Philip, Cary Grant goes back. And then the hotel doctor is there, and he's treating her, like, for anxiety. And a rash. Well, a rash because of anxiety. He keeps alluding to the fact that they are not married, and this part, I was just like, doctor, it doesn't matter. It is not medically relevant. You don't need to know these things. Go away. Yeah. But then, um, like, they have their little conversation through the door after the doctor leaves. She says, as sick as I am, this has been the most wonderful day of my life. Oh, And then she adds on, if there is anything you wanted to do, go do it by yourself. <laughs> and he says, it won't be the same without you. <laughs> well, now <laughs> you're just really adding some... No, it was there. It was <laughs> totally there. That's totally what they were alluding to. That was an innuendo at its finest degree, and Cary Grant performed it beautifully. This was my favorite part of the entire movie. <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, so then he goes back out to the pool, and there's a different gentleman there who has complained about his gal and that he's punched her in the face. And then they play poker. Yeah. All night. Okay, so they have agreed uh, previously in that talk that they're going to go back to New York. So the next day, uh, Carrie's back in the office, and this... This is a time where it's an hour in, and we both wanted to turn the movie off. Yeah, we were both like, okay, this is done, this is over, we're going back to Boringville. Yeah. Because we went back, straight back to everybody being concerned. Yeah. (laughs) About everything. Let's see, back in the office with Gig, uh, Philip returns. Gig is super happy that he has returned early, because that means that... She has said no. Yeah, that he can't get what he wants. I don't... uh, I don't want to comment. (laughs) Kathy was worried that she would disappoint him, you know, in the bedroom. 
which is silly. You know, I mean, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do anything if you're feeling bad. Yeah. I mean, cause consent people, talk it out. <laughs> Fix your rape culture. <laughs> yeah. What? Go watch some, um, Lacey Green on YouTube. She's always good at that. Yeah, uh, Gig goes to his psychiatrist, and pretty much what the psychiatrist is doing is getting stock tips from him and then, like, walking out. Yeah, he's basically doing insider trading. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he only hears half the story, so he comes back and he hears that Gig was worried about Philip going to Bermuda and being happy and stuff. So that's where he thinks, like, they have a relationship. Kathy was going to go out of town. They're, like, on the bus. She's, like, gonna go back home. But then, like, she gets off the bus and decides that she's gonna go to Bermuda. Because she's gonna, she's gonna confront her, her fear. She wants... She wants the sex. She wants Cary Grant to know that she's a woman. Because that's the only way to whatever, know. Whatever, yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> it's a weird thing to, like, assert that. Yeah, but it's the 60s. They had very strict, this is what you were like, I was. I kept going, what's happening? And you kept going, well, they they're keep on asserting gender roles. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is this? What are these gender roles you present? <laughs> yeah, the 60s. Yeah, it's just weird. Also, everyone was white. Yep. Connie calls Cary Grant from Bermuda, and she's drinking, and under, you know, influence of alcohol, she seduces him over the phone. By mistake, really. Really? And, like, in addition to everything I've just been saying, if you have to get drunk to feel comfortable doing anything sexually, it's wrong. Bad. Bad movie. I know we have different standards. I know, it's the 60s. No, 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 I'm... Sometimes people that do have anxiety about it, it does, it is helpful. It does help calm the nerves because sometimes the having an anxiety disorder brings on the anxiety without like you you do physically want to do that. But she was only anxious about the sex. Yes, yes, no. In her situation, yes, she should not have been using it the way that she was using it. I'm saying like people who have a type of like panic disorder or anxiety disorder who want to make something special like let's say it's a special night sometimes the anxiety just gets brought on over stupid stuff mm-hmm. like at the tiniest detail could have set somebody off with an anxiety disorder so sometimes yes yeah a if glass you're of a, wine a consensual relationship that you've discussed yes. then yeah totally yes i don't want to exclude anyone consent <laughs> or feel shamed <laughs> or feel shamed for yeah. you know no shaming here yeah we're just all about happiness and consent <laughs> just don't rape anyone. Oh, no. Jessica! <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> I'm making a soundboard, and that's going to be one of them. So she gets him to cancel his plans. He was with another lady at the time. She gets him to cancel his plans and then come on down to Bermuda. And then Gig is distraught again, obsessing over him. So Kathy is drinking a whole lot to overcome her fear. Like, the whole bottle. <laughs> she drinks the entire bottle. Um, so yeah, when Cary Grant arrives in Bermuda, two hours later, he finds Kathy drunk in bed, and she's very, very wasted. And the bottle is on her toe. Yeah. How does that happen? No, I... 
sometimes life or art reflects life. I want to know if this really happened to somebody. If this has ever happened to you in real life, please email us or tweet at us <laughs> and let us know because I want to know. I think it is totally possible when you are that hammered for some weird shit to happen. Okay. If you've gotten a bottle stuck on your toe mm -hmm. for no apparent reason whatsoever, if someone put it there, that's fine too. That works because they were probably drunk too. Mm -hmm. I want to know. Okay. Send us your drunken stories. I want to know those, too. Okay, so he gets uh, Kathy up the out of the bed, goes to stand her by the window to breathe in some fresh air to really wake her up. He calls room service. He calls room service to order as much coffee as possible, and he turns back. She's gone. She's fallen off the balcony. Onto the awning. Yeah. So she's not dead. Though, this is not possible. The Mythbusters said so. Mm-hmm. They did a thing. So they return to New York again. Philip arranges for her to get a job. Without her knowing. Yeah. Uh, Gig shows up at Connie and Kathy's apartment and gets beaten by everybody in the apartment <laughs> building. Yeah. Because they believe that he had, or he was Philip. Philip, and that he had stolen Kathy's virginity. Yeah. At Kathy's new job working with computers, she finds out that uh, Cary Grant got it for him, got it for her, and she gets really mad. She starts punching the computer, and then she leaves, and the computer makes a big mess. Yes, it's a credit card billing billing center, and so she like has everyone in Buffalo and everyone in Albany like totally screwed. Yeah, they owe a hundred dollars for their coffees now. <laughs> Yes. Well, $100,000. Oh. Which I loved the joke. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, it's that second cup of coffee that gets you. <laughs> yeah. I want to know if that was ad-libbed. Because apparently he did that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think all the probably best lines are his ad-libs. Probably. So, Philip gets pissed, and then he gets, like, an invoice from Kathy sending him money, and, like, she sends him $3... She's going to send him $3 a week for the rest of his life to make up for the airfare and the clothes and whatever. She wants to, like, pay it square. She's just like, no, I don't want none of your gifts. I don't know. I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. Stop taking care of me. Leave me alone. But and she does want something. Philip, like, is like, she destroys everything she touches. Why isn't she married? Find her a husband. <laughs> which he tells Gig. Yeah, which Gig has to find... He makes a list of potential husbands, which Philip turns them all down. So Gig goes over to Connie's and Kathy's and then he's like, clearly he's in love with you because he wants you to get married, but he won't accept any of these ideas for husbands. Yeah. So we're going to pull a scam where you say you're going out, you go out with Mr. Beasley to a skeezy motel. <laughs> Two hours outside of New York. Yeah. So, yeah, Kathy calls up Beasley and, you know, that ha that plan is hatched. And so Gig tells Philip that she's going on a date while he's showering in, yes. like, a YMCA-type place. Yeah, at the athletic club in New York. Yeah. So, yeah, Cary Grant is, like, all naked and showering and Gig is next to him, like, yeah, she's going on a date. And he's just like, no, 
no, we must stop this. Well, after some persuading. Like, he's like, at first he's like, I shouldn't, why do I care about this? Why is this, like, why she's getting married? She's out of my hair. And then he is like, well, he, she picked a lesser man than you, essentially. And strokes his ego. And he's like, what? No, she can't do that. Gotta go. And, like, rushes out in his towel. Yep, he into runs out onto the streets of New York in just a towel. Gets in his cab. Goes off to save her. <laughs> All the while, Kathy is driving with, um... Beasley. Beasley in his delivery truck. His brother's delivery truck. Yeah. His brother's chicken delivery truck. She's trying to make the time go slower, so she's having him stop off at gas stations all along the way. Yeah, pretending she has to pee. Yeah. But, uh, with Cary Grant, he's pushing the cab driver to go faster and faster and faster. They overheat the cab, so they end up at the same gas station. Cary talks to Beasley and says, hey, do you know this Al's Motel? I'll give you 50 bucks to take me there. And Beasley's like, yeah, sure, I'll go out of my way for you. Little snitch. Yeah, and then he gives him an extra 50. So he puts him in the back where, you know... Kathy can't see him. And where all the dead chickens are. Right. So they go for a ride, and then they arrive at the motel. Kathy gets out to go use the phone. Beasley lets Carrie Grant out, and Carrie runs to the motel and, you know, goes to the office and says, Did you recently get a couple who blonde From woman? From New York with a yeah. blonde woman? This tell? Yeah, and then it's like, yeah, he's in room nine. And then they go, and then there's this whole thing with this, the wrong couple, of course. And It's a librarian. A sexy librarian, of course. Kathy's on the phone with Connie, and she's just, like, lamenting, like, why did I think he was going to follow? Uh, he's not coming. Sadness. When he, if he does get here, I'm just going to kiss his feet. And I love this shot because in the way background, you can see Cary Grant just kind of like, is that her? <laughs> yeah just kind of like lean over and you just see him walking up and be like that's her <laughs> yeah it's the the whole scene takes place within this this big long wide shot yeah and so he's like walking closer to the foreground where she is and he just like gets up and he stands right at the telephone booth and then like she notices him and she's like oh you you're here what do you no then she starts trying to play hard to get you know trying to go back onto the plan yeah and and she's like, no, you're too late. I'm here with this date. Da, 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 da. And he's just like, ah, shut up. And he just picks her up over the shoulder and just like, come on, let's go. <laughs> and basically proposes marriage to her. Yeah, he's like, when we get married, we're going to sort this all out. Da, 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 and like kidnaps her. And she's like, you can't marry me. I'm too ner- or I'm too anxious or something. Yeah. I'm too neurotic. Yeah, and he's just like, whatever, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we're getting and married. Just, Puts her in the back of the truck and then steals Beasley's truck and yeah. drives on out of there. So then we cut to them in that Bermuda hotel. The doctor, the same doctor, is treating Philip now for rashes. Yeah. Tells him he needs a night's sleep. And he's just like, ah, oh, you had rashes before we are married. Now I have rashes after we are married. How can we ever get together? And she's just like, well, you don't know us small town girls. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> and then cut to their baby. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this ending? And I was just like, does that mean that small town girls are more fertile than city girls? What does that even mean? That means she's like, oh no, we are getting busy. Oh, Rashes okay. are no. We are getting 
<laughs> I have waited. We're married now. I am not innocent. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> I wonder if that's how Doris Day was like when she got married. That's pretty much how it ends, and it was the fourth highest grossing film of 1962. 1962 had problems. We went from amazing Breakfast at Tiffany's ness and now this happy new year happy new year we ended on a horrible note <laughs> we're ending your 2015 with style and class mm-hmm. but horrible plots yes should we finally like tell everybody that cary grant hated this movie cary grant hated this movie i don't even know um well in regards to the themes though it's a lot of things about like if you look like this and you are like this, then I don't know. It's just weird stuff that does not even apply anymore. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's my problem with the movie is, like, nothing applies today. That's what I like about them. Because it, it allows you to be, like, objective about the story and about the characters. I don't know, it just makes me not like it. Well, yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely things that I don't like about it, but I think if we were in that time period... I think we would understand this better and we would find it funny, but we wouldn't have the objective, like, out, like, looking out at it that we do Mm -hmm. now. So, and because of movies like these, we have the culture that we have, but we also, this is part of our lesson that we have to learn. It's nice to see that lesson, that, that progress has been made. Yeah. Yeah. Positive note. Yeah. I try. Yeah. They're yeah. not stuck in this type of world anymore. Yeah. I try to look at it that way. Good. Good call. See? Yeah, I was too <laughs> negative about it all. Negative Nancy. That's me. <laughs> there isn't a lot of trivia about it. Um, what we did find was that Cary Grant really did not like this movie. Um, he was very reserved mm-hmm. and private with Doris Day, apparently. Like, he kept, um, he was very precise in what he wanted, you know, in the scene and what he needed from her to do his, his bit, but that was it. Well, also, they were kind of at an impasse because they both favored the same angle on their face, and then he just, like, gave it to her, like, fine, you can have, you can always be on the right side of the frame. Fine. (laughs) Yeah, it just, it didn't seem like a Cary Grant movie at all like it didn't seem like no it didn't it didn't have the same flair or the pizzazz or the the the, the glimmer mm-hmm. so would you like to rate it yeah i want to give it one single lonely hotel bed <laughs> can i give it two of the rollaway pillows that go on that single bed <laughs> if you want those are the p- type of pillows that I just am like, I want one just so that I can hug it. Because they're like two, they're like noodles. They're giant pool noodles and they look like they would be nice to hug. I'm giving it a two because Cary Grant hated it. If he would have loved it, it would have been a completely different story. I'm like, at least he understands our pain. <laughs> From the grave, he understands our pain. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Next week, we got a Cary Grant movie. This is our last one. I know. Then he retired. He retired to have a baby. Poor old man. We're watching 1963's Charade. I actually uh, saw the remake for this movie. I forget who's in it. I think it's like a... 
I didn't know it was remade. It's got Tandy Newton and somebody else. Okay. Matt Damon, maybe? No. One of the Wahlbergs? I don't know. Somebody like that. Macky Mac? I actually presented it in my Edit 3 class for a presentation about something, and Bonnie really liked it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can listen and download all of our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes. And also SoundCloud and any other Android-accepting podcast directory. Yeah, we'll have a new um, new links on our web pages. Yeah, I guess we should establish that we record the podcasts a little bit early. It is not yet the new year for us. We're coming to you from the past. <laughs> As it does whenever, you know, Ashley's going out of town again. I gotta go see my mama and my grandmama and my grandpa, who's like Cary Grant. Aw. It'd be like visiting Carrie. Oh, that's nice. I'll send you pictures. Good. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook and Twitter at Cutaways Podcast. At Cutaways Podcast on at Twitter. Cutaways. At Cutaways. At Cutaways. At Cutaways. At Cutaways. At Cutaways. I'm subliminally messaging them. Have a good, happy, safe new year. We'll see you in 2016. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like we're jumping. I know. It's so great. Goodbye year. Goodbye 2015. You were good to us. Have a good remembrance in the past. Go watch when Harry met Sally. Yeah, do that. (laughs) Bye. Bye.